So today I, get, I have the privilege of wrapping up our series that we have uh, titled Reset. And I'm going to talk about resetting some relationships. Resetting relationships. We know that the first problem in the Bible was not sin. The first problem in the Bible was solitude. It was being alone. Uh, it is where God said it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. And I want to encourage you today, if you look around the building, there's people here that maybe you don't have anyone in your corner. Maybe you don't have people that, um, that you can count on, that you can go to. But at, at this point, but I, I, it's my prayer that at the end of this message that you would be encouraged to be able to take that next step. Whatever that looks like for you, to be able to embrace relationships. So I want to talk to you today with, with the help of the Lord on just the power of resetting some relationships in our lives. So it, it may be initiating some and then severing some. There, there may be some toxic, toxic relationships uh, in the workplace, um, so wherever you may be, that, that we just need to part ways with for the, for the good of us. Amen? Amen. So uh, it's just my goal, wherever you're at, that you would take the next step, that you would take that next step. Because relationships, the power of relationships shape you. Each of us here today, we are the sum total of, the, of our relationships. You are who you are and where you are because of the relationships in your life, good or bad. Relationship decisions, so when it comes to relationship decisions and resetting these relationships in our life, I want to tell you that it's huge. And I know that each of us in this place have had some bad ones, have had some bad ones. We've had some negative experiences, and that may be the reason why we have some walls set up and some barriers that just say, you know what, I'm not going to let anybody in that close because that person burned me, and, and, and you may just do the exact same thing. But I just want to challenge you to, to stretch your thinking and to open your heart to what God wants to do through this today. Because the truth is that we can all fall into the attitude of saying, you know what, I'm not going to have anybody in my life where it's just about me and you make everyone disposable. We make everyone disposable and just, we tell people, we can be guilty of saying, I don't need you. I'm just fine by myself. Don't, and, it, and it becomes a, a part where we don't care about anybody else and we become so self-focused that no one else matters but me. And you may be sitting here in the room today and you're lonely. You can have somebody next to you and be lonely. And we end up alone and, and we did it we got here in a way of protecting ourselves and protecting our heart and our feelings, but the truth is that it's hurt us. So I want to tell you, don't walk alone. Don't walk alone. There's somebody that you need in your corner, somebody that wants to, to be of help to you, be of encouragement to you. Because I'm going to tell you, we all go through good, good times, but we also all go through bad times. And we need people for both times. We need people for both times. So I want to tell you, don't walk alone. Look what Ecclesiastes, uh, the wisest man on the earth that ever lived, King Solomon writes this. He says, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. And, and look what happened to this person who, who's living his life alone. 
the Bible tells us that there was no end to his toil. In other words, he just always was working, always just always doing something, always trying to get ahead. And, and you could look at this situation and say, well, life simply didn't work out in relationship, relationship-wise because he has no son or brother, so he has no one to, to do life with. So he's trying to make up for that by working. He's trying to make up for it by keeping himself busy, by entertaining himself, by whatever the case may be. And look what the Bible says, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. Can I tell you, we were created for each other. We were created for each other. You were designed to be in relationships. So I want to tell you today, it's my job today to convince you that they're good for you. And as I say that, I know you're thinking, yeah, but. There's always a but. So I want to debunk some common excuses that we always put when it comes to relationships. And the first is this, naivety. And that's simply just saying, well, I didn't know. I didn't know that people wanted to be my friend. I didn't know people wanted to be in my corner. I never took the time to form relationships, to build them. I I was never put in an environment where it was important. Or can I go a little bit further and say I was never put in an environment where it was made a priority. And you just never made time for it. You never invested of yourself. You never had anyone to encourage you to come out of your comfort zone and to just say, you know what, hey, let's go have a cup of coffee and let's just talk. And for some of us, that may be the next step because there's nobody that we have that we can go to. Some of us like to do things on our own. And we just say, I'm okay the way I am. I don't, I don't need anybody to talk to me. I just keep my head down, go in, keep my head down, go out. And, and, and it is a mindset and it is an approach. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'll be very honest with you, I've been guilty of it to just say, you know what, I don't need any friends. Years ago, I'm not originally from here. Um, and I came and I didn't know a whole lot of people. And that, that was something, that was an issue for me, that I just didn't have any friends. And, and we could take the Muhammad Ali approach. One of, it's, a, it's one of my favorite stories, Muhammad Ali, y'all know him. He, he was an excellent UFC fighter. I'm just making sure you're paying attention. He was an excellent boxer. He was an excellent, y'all are like, amen, that's right. He was a great UFC fighter. He was an excellent boxer. And the story goes that one time he's on an airplane, and he did not want to put on his seatbelt. And if you know, the, the plane will not leave if you don't put your seatbelt on. And, and, he, and the flight attendant comes and says, sir, you need to put on your seatbelt. He's like, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And the flight attendant's witty and said, well, Superman don't need no plane either, so put on your seatbelt. <laughs> Some of us like to have that approach that we think we can do it all by ourselves. And I just want to encourage you to step out of wherever you are in life and just embrace community. For some, that may be a group. For some, that just may be a friend. But can I tell you, it's good for you. It's not good for you to be alone. And you're going to watch how it changes your life. The second thing is this. It's temperament. And this simply means it's just not my thing. It's just not my thing. I'm not going to do that. I... Today we, we start our group sign-ups, and we encourage everyone to sign up. We want you to get in a group, find a group that works for you, a day, time, people. 
But some of us in this place have just always said, that's just not my thing. I don't like, I don't like people to hang around me. I don't like people. And you say, that's, that's just the way I was raised. And, and I'm not going to change. I'd rather stick to myself. I want to encourage you. Man, there's, there's people that you can love on and people that can love on you. And it will change your life. Just, so, so just get over it. Just get over it. It will be good for you. It's best for you to have some solid relationships. So naivety, temperament, it's just not my thing. And then the third thing is fear. I'm just scared. I'm just scared of what it's going to be like. What's going to happen if I embrace friends? What's going to happen if I sign up for a group and you will find all these excuses will come to mind? You tell yourself, I, just, I, don't, I don't know if I can get myself to trust people. Or you tell yourself, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know what's going are they, they, they don't know my story. Are they going to sit me, you know, if I join a group, are they going to sit me down in, in the center of, of the living room and, and just make me uh, confess and, and pray for me? Um, you know, th- that doesn't happen until the second, second meeting, so you're okay. <clears throat> I'm joking again. I'm joking completely. That doesn't happen. Because I wanted to, can I just be honest, the unknown is uncomfortable. I'm, in a lot of ways, I'm a creature of habit. I'll go to the same restaurants, order the same thing. I don't even need a menu. I already know what I want. You just tell me where we're going and I'll tell you what I'm eating. And, and a lot of you are the same way. We're just creatures of habit. And you know what, if I've never joined a group, it's going to be hard for you to step out of that. But I want to tell you, it's good for you because... It, it, you, need, you need people. You, you need the confidence to be able to share what's going on on the inside. Just to say, hey, can you pray for me? I'm really going through a trial right now. I'm really facing some, some sort of trouble. Can you just pray for me? Two are better than one. So there you are praying by yourself, but now you get somebody that comes, judgment-free zone that just says, hey, you know what? I love you. We've all made mistakes. We're going to get through this together. Amen. We're going to get through this together. We're here for each other. So we just got to, we got to remove fear. We got to get rid of the fear in Jesus' name. And what if the only obstacle standing in the way of creating some of the most meaningful, some of the most fruitful, life-giving, life-changing relationships is that, that next step of just saying, you know what, I'm just going to try it out. Try it out. See what happens. I tell you what you're going to find. You're going to find people who love you. You're going to find people who will pray for you. People who will encourage you. People who will strengthen you. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. You're going to get people who love you. People who say, yep, you're not crazy. I'm dealing with that too. That, that you could really have this authentic, life-changing relationship. C.S. Lewis said this. Friendship is born at the moment when one man says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one. If you're afraid of what will happen, if you're fearful of what will happen, don't worry. I'm going to tell you, we all have issues. We all have issues. 
the person sitting next to you has issues. You have issues. I have issues. We all have issues. And if you don't think you have issues, that's your issue right there. That's the problem. I want to encourage you. We need each other. Let's strengthen each other. Let's believe God for more in 2024. And let's step into this season together and say, you know what? We may not always agree on things. We may, we may have different perspectives. We may have different mindsets. It comes down to semantics. It, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, you're my brother. I love Jesus. You love Jesus. And let's fight our battles together. Because we're better together. We need each other. The other thing is this, past experiences. And it speaks for itself. Some of us have been let down by people, broken relationships of the past. We've been there. It hurts so badly. We're tainted today because of that. And, and it's just, it just stands in the way. It just stands in the way. Can I tell you, the enemy's greatest tool, one of the greatest tools that he uses is to be able to discourage us and to get us isolated to live on an island. And uses the past experiences that come to your mind and say, nope, it's going to be just like last time. Past experiences, it hurt so badly because of the broken relationships and the instant has resulted in you creating a wall. Not being able to let people in. And you let them in to a certain extent. But not fully. And I want to tell you, what if it was all a demise? A strategy from the enemy to keep you from experiencing the blessing of relationships in your life. The blessings of community. Because I can assure you, I'll say it one more time, two are better than one. The Bible says that one could chase a thousand but yet two could chase 10,000. That's exponential. That's the power we have in being together. And I'm going to tell you, yes, there may be some hurt, but we can find healing together in the power of relationships. And the last thing is this. It's busyness. It all stands in our way. So you may not face this one in particular, but you're facing something. But we all can say... We're too busy. I don't have time for that. But I'm going to tell you, we make time for what is important to us. People say, I don't have time to exercise. You have time to exercise. You have the same amount of time. It's just not that important. We say, I don't have time. And we let this world and we let the busyness of life set the agenda for us. There's so much going on, and we have said yes to so many things that the things that are actually important to us are falling through the cracks. They're being neglected. So I just want to encourage you that you would look at your schedule, that you would analyze that you could reprioritize some things that could shape you and that could set you up for the next big, the, the next big thing that God wants to do in your life. Because I'll tell you, your life will be better. I know it. Your life will be better because of the power of relationships. So again, I encourage you today, whatever the excuse is, that we would just do away, do away with it and just embrace it. Can you give it one more chance? Can you give it another try? So I want to tell you, make the decision. Make the decision 
this, because the decisions we make make us. The decisions we make make us. Look what 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11 says. The end of all things is near. And can I just pause right there and say that that's more true today than it has ever been. It's more true in our generation. You, we are seeing and we have seen the signs of the time. We are the first generation where the, the signs of the time are not being fulfilled, but they are fulfilled. It means the Lord is coming soon for his church. He can come back at any moment, and I, and I say that so that we would be alert, so that we, to sober you. Because I love you that much to tell you, hey, you know what, it can happen at any moment, let's be ready. We need to live our lives like we will not live on this earth forever, because the truth is we will not. And therefore, the Bible says, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray so that you can pray above all. And so anytime the Bible says above all, slow down, read it very well. It, and it says love each other deeply. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love people. Have relationships. People can help avert some issues in your life. The blind spots in our lives. People can be there to help us and say, have you, have you considered this? Or have you looked at it this way? Have you thought about this? Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. This is what the Bible says. If anyone speaks... He should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Love one another. Have relationships. Have people in your corner that are looking out for you. I heard the story of a pastor who was doing some missionary work in China. And he... there. They were doing some missionary work, and they were getting ready to leave. And, and he was leaving the group behind because he had to get back to church. And, and he says that he's about to get into a taxi cab. And him and his wife are loading up. And all of a sudden, one of the missionaries there comes and running, comes running and says, Pastor, Pastor, you need to come over here. You need to come over here. And he's like, man, I, I got a plane to catch. I got to go. He goes, whatever it is, it's not that important. No, no, you need to come right now. He insisted. He insisted. He insisted. And finally he said, fine, you know what, just go out, catch the next cab. And, and he pulls him aside and he tells him, that was really not a cab. It didn't have the proper authentic, uh, authentic label. It, it was actually just some people who hijacked tourists and they take them out and they beat them and they kill them. You would have stayed here. But because that one person in his life was able to spot danger and say, hey, you need to come over here. I need you to come with me right now. And he insisted, can I tell you, I need some people in my life. 
Lord, help me. I need some people in my life. You need some people in your life that can say, hey, there's danger ahead. I need you to come with me right now. I need you. I'm praying for you right now. I'm covering you right now. There's danger ahead. I need some people in my life. You need some people in your life. So I want to tell you there's four things. Four things, and I'll, I'll go quickly. Four things we need to do. I need to, as we talk about resetting relationships, I need to nurture my important relationships. There's an analogy that, that I loved growing up as a kid, and, and I didn't have time to do it, where you, you take the jar, and you have the big rocks, you have the little rocks, you have the sand. Well, if you put in the sand first, there's no room for the big rocks. It takes up the space. you got to put in the big rocks first. The most important things. Then you do the little rocks. And then the sand will just fill in through the different spaces. What are the important relationships in your life? God has called you to be a husband or a wife, father or mother, son, daughter. What, what is it? There's some very critical relationships that... If we leave them where they are and not attend to them, they won't stay there. They, they begin to deteriorate. Because great relationships, great friendships happen on purpose. They don't happen just by accident. If you leave it where you left it, it, it just begins to deteriorate. And the Bible compares this to the body. And it focuses on the connecting points. Look what Colossians 2.19 says. The whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. So just as we care for our body, you strengthen it, you nurture it. You don't wait or just like as you care for your car and you take it routinely for its oil changes as it's needed. You don't wait for the engine to, to fall out. You take care of it and you check in on it. And, and you're careful to ensure, hey, the check engine light came out. Th- this may mean something. So I take it to a mechanic or I take it to the dealership, whatever that looks like. I have to wait. I have to stop and take some time on the important relationships in my life. You have to stop and take some time on the important relationships in your life. That we would add some logs to the fire before the fire burns out. So what is it for you? What important relationships are in your life that maybe you have neglected? Maybe you've put on the back burner. Can I tell you, let's, let's bring to focus and let's reset in some areas that we really need to. Maybe that just means family dinner once, once a week for some. You know what that looks like for you, and I just want to encourage you that you would take that next step. Second thing is this, I need to restore broken relationships. What relationships have been broken in your life? What relationships are suffering right now in your life? Some broken ones, some areas that need to be restored. 
that need healing. You're hurting on the inside. You're feeling the pain of that right now. The pain, can I tell you, the pain of unresolved conflict is greater than the pain of resolving it. What does that mean? I mean, sometimes it hurts to say, you know what, hey, we fought. We, we had an argument. Let's, let's get this right. It's uncomfortable. But, but then it's over. But the pain of leaving that unresolved is greater. So where, are there, where is there brokenness in your life and in my life that we need to take some measures and some steps to be able to address those things? And I'm just going to tell you, you got to do your part. Do your part. That's all I can encourage you to do. Maybe the other person won't cooperate. Maybe the other person won't, won't receive what you have to say. But you just, can I tell you, that's on them. You make the decision to say, I'm not bringing in the pain of last year. I'm not bringing in the hurt of last year. I'm not, I'm not going to hold the records of wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let go of all those things. I'm going to do my part. Because that's why Romans says this. Romans 12, 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on me, live at peace with everything. That means, can I, I just want to forewarn you, there's some, there's some people that will not always be receptive to, to our apologies. But as far as you're, you're doing your part, let it be on them. Don't let it be on you. Don't let it be on you. Don't hold that record. Do your part. Don't hold on to it, and it's a choice. And can I, t- can I just tell you, you need to make it. You need to make it. So the third thing is this. i got to sever any harmful relationships. I have, to sever, I have to cut off any harmful relationships, and only you know what that looks like. could be a relationship at work could be the friend that always has a, a sleazy joke that I just, I have to turn the other way. The relationship that's not good for you. That's causing you to change your mindset. It's causing you to change the way you think. It's causing to ch- for you to change the way you talk. It's a toxic, toxic environment. And you just, you just have to make the decision. We have to make the decision to say it's over. It's hurting me. What does the Bible say about this? Proverbs 27, 19 says, A mirror reflects a man's face. But what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. Doesn't mean that I avoid people. No, I, I, we are called to show the love of Christ to everyone. Doesn't mean that we, we just shun people. No, absolutely not. It just means that we make a decision to step away because it's not good for me. Is it good for my eye gate? Is it good for my ear gate? What am I letting in? What kind of friends, who, who am I walking with? Am I walking with someone that's going to challenge me to be better? Or am I just saying, no, I'm not, not even going to give that a, that a try. Proverbs 13, 20 says this. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools 
suffers harm. Surround yourself with these types of people that just will help you, that will speak life into you, that will encourage you, that will build you up. People that will see you when you're down and say, you know what, I'm here to help you out. I, I want to bring you, we, we can get through this together. We can get through this together. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? It doesn't mean, again, that you avoid them. It just means that i got to keep you at a distance because you're always trying to bring me down. <clears throat> and then i got to, the last thing is this, i got to initiate some meaningful relationships. Nurture my important ones. Restore the broken ones. i got to cut off any harmful ones. And then I got to initiate some meaningful relationships. You don't, maybe you don't have them, but you need them. Look what the book of Hebrews says. Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. That means there's always going to be people that say, no, it's not for me. There's, they're in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day. Notice that's a capitalized D, the day approaching. Be sure to have your relationship right. So what are some meaningful relationships that may not exist in your life that you can start? I'm going to give you four. The first is a relationship with the church. Do you have a relationship with the church? Don't just go to church, be part of a church. Go all in. Your life will be better because of it. We'd love for you to be a part of this one, but if it's not this one, find a church. Be a part of a church. Commit. Go all in and see what God will do in your life. There's actually scriptures that won't, can't be fulfilled in our lives unless we are part of a community. We need people in our lives. Your life will be better because of it. So make up your mind. I'm going to have a relationship with the church. And maybe that's all. You already got that checked off. Well, how about a relationship with a small group? A relationship with a small group is a meaningful, beneficial relationship. Join a group. It will change your life. You ask me what's going to happen, I'm going to tell you, you're going to find encouragement. You're going to find what C.S. Lewis said. That you're going to find out what you too, you're facing what I'm facing. You'll, you'll realize you're not going crazy. You'll realize that the struggle is real. That we all face it, that we all go through it, that... That life will always bring it. The Bible tells us that man's life is short and full of trouble. I know that's, that's not very positive, but that's what God's word says. And, and we live it day in and day out. And I'm going to tell you, we need some people in our corner that can just hold us up when we can't hold each other. When we can't hold ourselves up. I need some people that can watch my blind, my blind spot. I need some people that, that can see me getting into a taxi cab that, 
It's about to take me off and to be killed and, and to say, hey, watch out right there. I need some people in my life that can support me, that can pray for me, that can just encourage me with God's word. And said, you know what, hey, I know you're, what you're facing is tough, but can I tell you three years ago, I faced that exact same thing and God got me through it. And the same God that got me through it will get you through it. I need people that will say, hey, I'm, I'm going through some things and for them to look me, what, you're going through that? I'm going through that exact same thing. How do you, encur- how do you stay so encouraged? And then you're able to share and you're able to discuss and you're able to pour into somebody and you're able to, to lift them up. I'm telling you, it's good for you. There's people in, in this place it will be three years by the grace of God that, that we started pastoring this church here next month. And there's people in this place that were not part of groups at the very beginning. And now I, it's just so encouraging to see the, the life change that has happened. And, and the positive things that are taking place. It's good for you. Third thing is a relationship with a team. Here at Impact City, we have what we have. Our serve team is called the Dream Team because we get to live out our dream. I shared with them this morning. We have a huddle every morning where we get ready for the day. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, contemporary English version says this, that the Spirit has given each of us a unique form in serving others. Not some of us. Can I just tell you that? Not some of us, each of us. There's a role that you can get plugged in and do. Da Vinci painted one Mona Lisa. Beethoven composed one-fifth symphony. And God made one of you. And I told the dream team this morning, we're not going to focus and. and Matthew 25, 15 says, each one according to their own abilities. We're not going to focus on what we can't do. We're going to focus on what we can do. I'm not going to focus on the abilities I don't have. I'm going to focus on the abilities that I do have. And I'm going to tell you, joining the team is so important because we get to live out our purpose. We say it all the time. We don't got to do it. We get to do it. We get to serve God and we get to serve his people. And I don't know what you do Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. But I'm going to tell you the most fulfilling thing that I get to do is Sundays. In serving God and serving his people. And I want it for your life. And I promise you, once you join and once you step in and maybe you've never done it, you're going to see God do some things in your life that are just mind-blowing. Teams are fun, but they allow us to produce more with our lives than what we could produce on our own. Together we do way more than what we could ever do alone, and it gives us an opportunity week in and week out to do something that matters, truly matters. And the last one is actually the most important one, but I left it to the end intentionally 
relationship with the church, relationship with the group, relationship with the team, and relationship with God. We're, we're not a religion. We're Christ-focused. And I want to tell you that if you are not today, you need to be in a relationship with God. You need to be in a relationship with God. He wants to have a relationship with you. And only you know in this place if you are in one or not. But I'm glad you showed up this morning because I'm going to, you have an opportunity today to make the best decision you'll ever make in your life. And that is to step into a real, authentic, life-changing relationship with the God that so loved you. That he sent his one son, his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And every parent in the room can, can grasp the reality of that. Because I'm going to tell you, I will lay down, if it comes to me and my kids, I will sacrifice my life in a heartbeat. No thinking about it. I will take a bullet, I'll step out in front of a car, whatever the case may be. But for me as a parent to say, Here, here's my son. It isn't going to happen. It isn't going to happen because the actual thought of it just breaks my heart. And to think that he loves me and he loves you like that. To think that he loves you with a crazy love. That when, when the Bible says that we are dead in our sins, and, and maybe you're here today and you've made poor choice after poor choice after poor choice, and you're just trying to fill a void inside, can I tell you, it is a void that only God can fill. So I'm going to invite you right now. I'm just going to invite everybody that you would close your eyes, that you would bow your head. In this moment, this is how we're going to end today. You say, you know, and only you know, if you're in a relationship with, with God. Only you know, maybe you, you had one and, and it needs to be restored. He's the God that leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. So today he's coming after you. He sees you, he pursues you, he chases you. He says, if you open your heart, I'll come in. You're in this place and you're a heavy burden. You're late, you're trying to figure things out on your own and life has run you down. And today's the day, you say, today's the day I'm I let him into my heart and let him be the Lord of my life. If that is you today, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If that is you and you say, today's the day I give my life to Jesus. I just want to invite you to raise your hand right where you're at. You don't have to come to the front. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. You don't have to come to the front. You don't have to stand up. I see you. I see hands going up all over the place. I want to invite everyone at the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. We believe that no one, no one, absolutely no one should go through life alone. 
and we're here for you. And we pray this prayer with you, and we believe God's best and brightest for your life. So I want to invite you to pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place, for loving me when I was unlovable. I open my heart. I confess you as Lord, as Savior of my life. Let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate for everyone that received him right now? Can you stand to your feet with me?